What up, what up, everybody? Welcome to the latest, greatest episode of the Nesting After Hours podcast. I'm Emerson Latsia. Celia Godwin is here. We have guest galore today. We even have a guest host. We have so much. Not one, not two, but three guests. And yes, a very special guest host. So uh, we're just going to go right off the top here. He's without a doubt the funniest follow on social media. And if you haven't followed him, you need to get on it. Uh, the meme lord, the king, Josiah Johnson. We always have your show, your tweets at our show, by the way. And every time we do, we're always like, he does not miss. But mm. have you ever missed? Oh, yeah. I mean, probably like seven to eight times. I actually missed a couple of days ago. And the thing about social media, which is great, is everybody will let you know when you missed, whether they like you or not. <laughs> and I've got such a great rapport with my, my uh, followers that They'll tell me if something's trash. And honestly, I have to take them at face value. I don't believe it. Sometimes they disappoint me with their opinions. But then again, I would have to respect their opinions from the beginning to even let that bother me. So here we are. You're like, oh, damn. <laughs> A rare L for me. As he delete this. Here with his money. <laughs> delete this now, coward. <laughs> the, worst, the worst is when they talk to me like I'm a, like a 60-year-old man. They're like, sir, please delete this. And it's just like, <laughs> damn. You're like, oh. You served me? Yeah, it's like, all right, well, since you're using manners, <laughs> I will definitely do that. <laughs> How are you able to pump out so much content and so quickly? Because sometimes I'm sitting there like 24 hours later, like, damn, that would have been a good tweet. But you're like hitting within seconds. Well, I'm super fortunate. My dad was was a professional athlete, so he had he had a pretty good money. But as a kid, we had, you know. All, all like the stuff that people have now with with all the different streaming platforms all that we had that back in the day we had this big satellite that got pretty much every network across the country we'd get random stuff so me and my brothers we would just watch tv all day movies tv just consume media and i grew up in la so i spent a lot of time on movie sets tv sets film sets all that stuff so i just have this library of, of pop culture and clips and stuff in my head so whenever i see something happen or break down in a game usually i'll see it in meme form like oh lebron and the fan i'm already thinking like Here's five, six, seven memes that we can come with. I'm wondering what Savannah's thinking. I'm wondering what, what Brownie's thinking watching it. Like, so I'll just play all these things out of my head and then I'll just kind of rapidly put them out and see what sticks. I like to, I'm like Kobe when it comes to social. I'm, I'm a volume shooter. So I'm gonna get, I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop 60, but I'm gonna take a lot of shots, but there's gonna be a lot of hits in there. Rest I feel like it's the meme, it's the meme, uh, you know, from Hangover where you're standing there like at the poker table, <laughs> just all of these like numbers and figures just cooking up in your big beefy brain. Uh, well, we're gonna your draft like file has to be just ridiculous, like ready to go. You have to have a million in the draft. I just remember when I'll use stuff where I'll remember, you know, I'll, if I see a funny video or a clip and I'm just like, oh, I can use that for LeBron or for THT or for whatever. I'm, I'm a big Lakers guy, but if I can use it for something and, and a joke later on, I'll keep that in the back of my head. But generally, I'm more reactionary. So when, when the moment happens, it's just like, all right, what's the, you know, what's the joke? And how can I get it out as fast? Really, the, the struggle for me is trying to find the video sometimes. It's like, I know the exact video I yeah. want to use, but trying to remember who tweeted it or where it's at or trying to locate it. But I've developed a system that's made me pretty speedy. Obviously, it's, it's proprietary, so I can't give it away. But if you're interested, there's always <laughs> consulting fees, rates. I'm, I'm, you know, I could definitely help out. Always trying to make the bag. I, I, I respect it. I respect it. Seriously. Uh, we have plenty more to ask you about your social media dominance throughout the podcast, but uh, let's go ahead and make this a party, shall we? A Super Bowl party, specifically. Our, our next guest, a former Boston College offensive lineman, a first-round draft pick for the New England Patriots back in 1999. He won two Super Bowls with the Pats, played 12 seasons in the league with some stops in Detroit, New York. And now he's an ESPN analyst, and he has seven children. Damian mm. Woody, what's mm. good? Uh, mm. My sanity is good right now. I know you said seven kids, and 
I know people think, man, you crazy as hell, but you know, that's the way it be sometimes. Do you know where all of them are right now? <laughs> yeah, they're all, all like, kids? yeah, they're all they're all under my roof right now. I have uh, three college kids, but they, you know, they all decide that they're gonna do everything remote this year. And uh, so I got all of them at home, man. So I'm I'm fortunate. Mm-mm-mm. All right, yeah. so we, we kind of got a big game this weekend. I don't know if you guys kind of yeah, just a little bit big. Uh, you yeah. you picked the Chiefs. You and a lot of other analysts, they are the favorites for this one. Uh, thirty four twenty seven. I, I was reading up on on ESPN.com. Uh, uh, why is that? Well, a lot of it has to do with just the greatness of Patrick Mahomes. Um, you know, listen, I, I know people will say, man, how are you going pick, to pick against a guy that you won two Super Bowl rings with in Tom Brady and, and the season that he had? You know, that that's a legit question. But has anybody seen him the way Patrick Mahomes played? This dude is just phenomenal. And I know that they have a couple of linemen that, that are out and the offensive line might be an issue, but that combination of Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes is just, is, is lethal. They can literally turn it on at any time. That's unlike anything that I've ever seen in pro football. Usually that's something that in basketball, you know, the, the really good teams in basketball, they can kind of flip the switch. You don't usually see that in football, but the Kansas City Chiefs can literally flip a switch at any time. And so I'm going with, I'm going with Patrick Mahomes in this one. So is Tom Brady going to be better than what we saw in the second half of the NFC title game? Like the three uh, interceptions? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen, I, it's rare that you see that from Tom Brady where, you know, he goes from the mountaintop to the valley literally in one game. He's playing so well in the first half and then the second half, you know, he throws up a clunker. Um, I don't expect that to happen. I think, you know, Antonio Brown is coming back. I think that's going to be a big help uh, for the Tampa Bay Bucks and, and um, I just don't see Tom Brady having that type of Jekyll and Hyde type of game. Jamie, obviously, obviously you got the chance to, to play with Tom. I mean, the man's 43 years old. What, what, hmm. I'm just, you know what I mean? Like 10th Super Bowl, what, what is it about this dude? Obviously coming from the Patriots to the Bucks this year, Bruce Arians, and everybody talked about the Belichick and Brady dude, but what is it about this dude that at 43 years old, he could still be just giving hands like this at will? Yeah, so I think you're going you you relate to this. You know, both of us are big, you know, Lakers fans. And and I think I think Tom is a lot like Kobe and like it's never good enough. Nothing is ever good enough. You know, when I when I was, you know, his teammate, he always had that. Like he was a six-round pick, you know, number 99 overall pick. Um, regardless of how many accolades that he had, the MVP, the Super Bowl trophies, it was just never good enough. He always felt like he had another level. Kobe was like that. He always felt like he had another level. Those guys are special. They're rare, man. And um, even at 43, he's still playing at a really, really high level. Yeah. How often? Go ahead, Amy. I was going to say, how often do you think I'm 43, he's 43, and just get really (laughs) pissed off that you're still not out there? Dude, like, like, I've been out of the league for like a decade and th- and I'm like this dude is still out there throwing for 40 touchdowns and over 4,000 yards like do people understand how crazy that is for a 43 year old quarterback to have those type of numbers he's a top five quarterback in the league like statistically he's a top five quarterback in the league at 43 it's just it's it's hard to describe man because because we've never seen anything like this. 
Yeah. yeah, and Damien, he's already talking about, like he said earlier this week, he's already thinking about playing past the age of 45. He said yesterday, I want to work on my speed. He's talking about the offseason already. And he has this, you know, 10 times in a, in a lifetime opportunity for him already on Sunday. Like, it's, it's wild that he's thinking big picture still at this age. Yeah, like, like anyone that's asked Tom Brady, um, like after all, after each championship, People ask him, well, what's the best one? He always said the next one. He's yeah. always, his mind is always thinking about the next challenge, the next. And that's why I just referenced Kobe because Kobe had that similar mindset. It's like, I'm not dwelling on right now. I'm thinking about how can I get better? What's the next challenge? I could easily see Tom playing, you know, past 45 at this rate because we know what, how the league is. The league is protecting these quarterbacks. The, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, clearly they're going to, he's going to ride it out with Tampa Bay with all the weapons that they have. Uh, gentlemen, who do you think, since, since we're talking about basketball here, along with football, who do you think is going to play longer, LeBron James or Tom Brady? Well, I'm, I'm going to go with LeBron, I think, uh, which is, which is wild. But damn it, you're wild to, to me, but football too is, is a much more intense sport. Obviously the injuries, you know what I'm saying? You just, you see it so much every, you know, every year going in, there's going to be some ACLs and just, things that are going to really, you know, ruin yeah. dudes careers, but basketball, just the grind, 80, 80, hundred plus games, LeBron's playing, you know, hundred plus games in a year in account, you know, in a basketball season. And for him to be doing what he's doing, that's like, you know, the Benjamin Button effect, like he's getting older, but his game is getting, <laughs> I mean, he's after doing 25, eight and eight right now in year 18 off a 71 day layoff after having to go to the bubble, you know, deal with that mental wear and tear and strain. But I think that dude's just, he's unbelievable. I remember like 2015, I went to a Cavs Bulls game, playoff game. And this dude had a, a high ankle sprain that literally would have sidelined any other human for two to three weeks. He went to the sideline, rubbed some testing on it for about three minutes, came back out and was just like, like nothing had happened. And I've seen that so many times in his career, the dude is just built different. He's, he's unlike any dude we've seen. And obviously he spent so much time and money taking care of his body too, that I think he wants to play with Bronny and maybe, maybe play with Bryce as his youngest son, which if that, if that happens, that's on some like Ken Griffey senior and junior and junior, junior level. Like it's, it's, it's next level stuff. Dude, I can't even wrap my mind around LeBron playing with his kid. Like, I can't believe he just, like, dropped that. I know, I know. Like, you know, you see, like, people mentioning it, like, in reports, and, hey, maybe LeBron wants to do this. But it, the day that that happens, like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to wrap my mind around that. I, you, I know for, like, for me, man, I, I think, honestly, I think people take for granted, like, LeBron's greatness. Like, just what LeBron is able to do night in and night out. And I know, you know for me, being a Lakers fan, I sit back and watch a Lakers game with a glass of wine because I know I'm in good hands every time the Lakers play because LeBron's game, it just gets, it seems like it gets better and better every year. For a man that's 36 years old, that's averaging, what is, what is it, like 25, something like eight and six or something crazy like that? I mean, I, I, well, I'm appreciative of that man's game. Why are, why are, is no one talking about Tom Brady possibly playing with his son one day? I think he's got like what, 11, 12 year old kid? Like, come on, guys. Like, we're burying the lead here. <laughs> uh, yeah, li listen, if Tom Brady does anything like that, then there's, <laughs> he, he's on the ultimate GOAT status. Like, nobody will ever be able to be able to reach that type of level. But honestly, I'm, tr I'm starting to wrap my mind around Tom playing until he's 50. Yeah. Wow. I, I'm like, I, it, no, it wouldn't shock me. It, it would not shock me because anyone who watches Tom play, that ball still comes out. He still it does. zings that ball around at 43. So 
it would not shock me. I mean, his football IQ is just like you, you think he's already one of the smartest guys out there, but he just it's getting better and smarter with how he's playing. I mean, in his body, literally, I, I swear he's 35, not 43. Like he, he literally looks about eight to 10 years younger. Even his face. We were saying this the other day on the show. I'm like, what, who, where's his moisturizer? I need yeah. Like, Seriously, his skincare routine is phenomenal. You know, I'm it's, sure like Botox, Botox helps too, but definitely yeah, it's, taking yeah, his skincare. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's elite. I, I like, I, I need some tips on that. <laughs> uh, Damien, how are you going to be watching the game? I'm going to be right here with the family. Like we, you know, usually we have a tradition. Even if I were at the Super Bowl site, I usually would come home the, you know, the, the day of the Super Bowl, get home with a bunch of wings and just oh. watch the game. So that, that's what's on tap for me. Oh, wings is definitely on tap for me too. Uh, chips and salsa, wings. Sometimes there's a pizza when there's a party, but I, I prefer wings over the pizza for a Super Bowl party. Yeah. That's just my opinion. Just my opinion. Josiah, what's your strategy with food this weekend? We're going to keep it light. I've got some kids running around. I'll be actually doing some work, too, during the game. So we'll probably just go wings. But it's hard, man. We're in L.A., so it's hard to find good wings. A lot of wings I hear are just trash, and they're very disappointing. And I don't want my mood to be <laughs> ruined before I get into the game. So I may just honestly make some and get them prepped the night before and just get it ready to go. But it's just that, you know, obviously you look at these moments, Super Bowl, and you want everybody, family, to have these big events. But with the pandemic and everything going on, we're all going to be just, you know, low-key and slow motion. Obviously, damn, you got a whole crew. You got a whole crew with you already. Man, I got a village over here. I got a village in my house, man. Bro, so you, you got, know, like, a whole starting lineup. Like, you can you build an, an like, entire offense. Hey, like, like, listen, if anybody want that smoke on the court, I got a whole house ready. <laughs> you got a squad. <laughs> Emerson's really good in the men's uh, second tier team at the YMCA. Yeah, that's right, man. Yeah, next uh, next time you're in like the Boston area, Damien, just hit me up, dude. We'll we'll bring you off the bench for sure. We could oh, use some uh, some big dudes clanging and banging down low. Hey, I got some files to give, so you just let me know. It's <laughs> good. You're the enforcer. I love that's that. That's right. That's right. <laughs> we just need one more, and then we have a team. We have a whole good lineup right here. Uh, all right, Damien, we really appreciate the time. We know you are a busy man. Uh, thank you so much for joining the After Hours podcast today. Oh, thank you guys for having me. I had a great time. We'll see you. All right. All right, Josiah, I, I know basketball is your bread and butter, but we really brought you here for your hockey takes. I'm sure you didn't. Positive <laughs> <laughs> you did not do that. But I do have hockey takes. I'm a Kings fan, so, you Okay, know. cool. Love it. Awesome. Let's do that hockey, as Chance the Rapper likes to say. Uh, so our next guest is a native New Englander, grew up in Boston, went to Penn State, used to cover the bees for EEI, and has been covering the Hurricanes for the Athletics since 2018. It is Sarah Sivian. What are you up to right now? Because I know you've got like a skate session coming up, right? Um, they canceled it. It's been so weird. Like every other day, it's kind of like, do they have practice? Do they not? Am I allowed to come? Should I come? Like. This is the era of COVID, but it's fine. You're just rolling with the punches, right? It's yeah. fine as everything's burning. It feels fine. like that. It, <laughs> it, yeah. yeah. It feels like, because what do we have? Like five teams already had their like their season pause. Yeah. Like, Sarah, how confident are you thinking like we can actually get to the end of this year without maybe like a league-wide stoppage? Um, it's like every day on Twitter, it's that like gif of Donald Glover walking in with a pizza and then Twitter's just on fire. But um, <laughs> yeah. 
I saw and I think it was TS under Sportsnet. It was like there's a 40% chance that this season's going to end in a bubble and I don't know how they'd make that work but I mean I guess this happened at the beginning of the MLB season too and you just kind of have to hope for the best but it's still a little like dystopian to see this happen and you just hope that it, it the league takes more action. I know that they aren't mandating PCR tests or the one that's um the rapid test, whatever that's called, I just yeah. in my mind, but they should be doing that. The NBA is doing that. Mm. Yeah, the PCR tests are like the saliva uh, tests, and then the rapid tests are the ones where they like shove it up your nose. Uh, yeah, anybody, it could be. Any, it, it I was going to say worse. it could be worse. Yeah, did you see what they're doing in China? I mean, they're they're going right on the they're taking the back door to test <laughs> people. Yes. I didn't see yep. That. And then the latest, the latest report is because there was a video going viral, people waddling like penguins, pretending they had the anal test. Oh and it turns, it, yeah, it turns out China got really pissed. They shut down like social media for a little bit and said, no, that's not the case. And this test is pretty accurate. Welcome to the Nesson After Hours podcast, everybody. Yeah, I know. Josiah, you seem to really be interested in that. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm good on all, you know, I, I barely can do the, the nose thing. So I'm definitely not not letting them go on my cheeks. That's just me, though. <laughs> uh, Sarah, who has the, the best chance of beating the Lightning in the Central Division? I think the Stars and the Canes are both pretty soft. It's just so hard to tell this year. Like, everybody's kind of a mess in the beginning. And then you see whoever has the best chance, I keep saying, is whoever can be the healthiest at the end. And it kind of stinks that that's just how it has to go. But it's like, it's that and who has the best coaching and training staffs that can precisely prepare for any situation on the fly. And I think that gives the Hurricanes the edge. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're trying to avoid the asterisk here with the season again I feel like that happened also in the NBA just a little bit maybe Josiah maybe no nah (laughs) hardest hardest NBA season of all time in the bubble LeBron James and Los Angeles Lakers 2020 champions what will we expect though from the toughest team in the league we're gonna repeat (laughs) this year as well what about your Kings I have no idea. Honestly, I, I, I go to Kings games for the viewing experience in Staples Center. They've got this great just set up there. But watching Kings at home is not the same experience. But as a black man who has consumed hockey, I do respect what you guys are saying. I'm kind of letting <laughs> you guys dominate this lane. But, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a whatever y'all say, whatever Sarah says, I feel like that that's what I'll rock with. So I think the Kings have a great agree. chance in the Central Division. You'll just LA Live is fun. That's a fun area for sure. It's, it's turned up. But King, the viewing, watching as a black man, watching a hockey game in the arena is an amazing experience. Definitely even just, you know, looking at the guys. They're built like football players, but they're skating. And those are two things I didn't do well as a kid. So I definitely have to respect it. Have you ever been on skates before, Josiah? Uh, yeah. And it, it did not end well every time. Same here, dude. I feel the I feel the same. I mean, I grew up down in like Florida, so it's like every once in a while you'd go to Skate World, and you know, you're like ten, you're trying to flirt with all the checks at a birthday party, and you can't skate, so they're not interested in you at all. Uh, Sarah, what's it like watching uh, the Bruins from afar right now, and David Pasternak just completely shredding everybody in just three games? Oh, it's so fun. He has something special. He just has his little moves, like unlike anything right and he's just such a happy-go-lucky guy you just kind of root for him and you just hope the best for him so glad to see that happening that's all it's weird without Chara though I just can't get over it 
Yeah, no, him and Tori Krug, both of those guys yeah. leaving this year. And I mean, it made people a little bit worried about that blue line, but they're looking pretty dang good right now. Uh, Pasta's what, 60 goals in 82 games? <laughs> right. Stupid. I don't, it's insane. Yeah, I, I don't quite, it's it's like mind-bottling, like exactly when you when you put it like big picture like that. So how sustainable is it for the Bruins to keep putting themselves in these like multi-goal craters and they got to climb out of it? I feel like that's happening all around the league and there's so many like shootouts and overtime situations right now because people are just trying to figure out what's going on. This is clearly not sustainable, but the Canes are doing the same exact thing right now and they showed themselves last night when they lost. They couldn't get over a a three-goal deficit on the power play, but... Yeah, that's you got to play the right way, and there's only 56 games this season, so you got to kind of figure it out a little quicker. Uh, for the Bruins, they kind of were struggling there in the beginning, just getting an even strength goal, and all of a sudden it was just like the dam broke, and now they can score a bajillion goals a night. Uh, what areas do you think the Canes need to step up that they just haven't quite found that that piece yet? Um, definitely. Well, it's tough for them because some of their best, like five of their best players were out with COVID and then it's kind of like they're getting back, but you don't know if they're a hundred percent, like fully like to their level yet. And I think they just need a couple more games and I think they got to get in a groove, but, um, their five on five has been fine because you get comfortable with the people you're with, but like the power play and the penalty kill like need to be improved ASAP. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just had National Girls and Women's in Sports Day this week. And as, as a, a woman in sports, I'm always exhausted. I don't know about you, Siv. Uh, yeah, we, end I of sentence. Like, I feel like we take two steps forward and then like one step back, whether it's, you know, a troll on social media yeah. or another report of, of sexual harassment. Uh, how do you stay positive in all of this sometimes? Therapy, first of all. Second of all, just mm-hmm. it's it's so hollow sometimes seeing like somebody tag me in a tweet. Like, I don't thank you like for following me or whatever. And it's like, follow these women. It's like, I don't want people to follow me anymore, first of all. And second of all, <laughs> like there's two allegations per like serious allegations per week. And it's like that. And then, oh, let's celebrate women. It's like, let's not just celebrate women. Let's um, stand up for them and let's be a better ally if you're not a woman. And I need to see more of that when it's not just like easy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. The uncomfortable conversations and, and doing the right thing, even when it doesn't benefit you personally. Yeah. Uh, Josiah, I feel like sometimes when I'm handling these trolls, the best way to deal with them is humor. Uh, what, are, what are your thoughts on dealing with the trolls? The best way to deal with trolls is to not acknowledge their existence. That's what they, yeah. they feed off of. That's, I mean, honestly, I've been in the game for a while now and that's, that's it is tough because somebody will say something to you and that's what they're doing. They're getting that emotional response out yeah. of you. Like, and you're just like, Oh, I'm about to kill them. And it really, it really doesn't, it doesn't bother them at all. They're literally by their inherent nature, they're trolls, they're losers. They have nothing better to do. They, yeah. anybody who's like looking like, Oh, I'm going to say some crazy and then hope you respond to me. is just a weirdo to begin with. So the best thing is just like, I'll see, I'll honestly, I'll see like some the same trolls come 10, 15, 20, 30 times and just like, nah, I'm good. Honestly, I just, it's not worth it to me. This could cost me a check. And for you, this will mean nothing but like pride and like, oh, look, he responded. He acknowledged me. So don't mess with him. Ah, I mean, that's, that's great advice too. I, I, sometimes I like, it's just hard. Like, so hard. Damn it. I hate these people. And you, you want some type of backing, but you're right. Like sometimes it's just best just to move on, put them on mute. The mute button is probably my favorite thing. 
of all time. Yeah. And don't be afraid to, you know, kick it up a notch and just go straight blockage. That can also help. Yeah. I I'm, I'm married. So my wife like, is like, don't reply to any of these uh, people. Like, you know, she slaps me around a little bit because I'm like, I'm like, you just, I like, I'm just, I get all fired up, you know, and I don't have many trolls because so many people love me, but uh, the few that I, that I do get, I, I definitely uh, type out a pretty angry tweet and then I don't hit send. Very similar to emails. Yeah. Like you know? blocking for sure. I feel like I don't care if these people think they won or anything. It's not about them. It's about protecting my own peace and what yeah. is basically my workplace. And that's it, especially my workplace now that we don't go anywhere, do anything. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I mean, social media, it's, it's powerful in so many ways and there's so many positives to it, but there's also so many damn negatives too. It's, it's interesting navigating uh, the world we're in right now with, with social media, but, uh, Honestly, like that's when I go to your page, Josiah or, or Rex, and I just see something funny or, or something, you know, that, that makes me laugh. Uh, I, that's something that helps me to seeing some of the positive stuff that you guys have put out. Uh, but with that, Sarah, I'm going to send you out on your way. Thank you so much for taking the time today. We're obviously going to be chatting with you probably more. Oh my God, please. I'm begging you. We love you, Seb. Oh, I love you guys. I miss Boston so much. Thanks so much for coming on. We'll chat soon. Of course. Thank you for having me. See ya. Uh, Josiah, uh, I want to ask you about something that happened last week. Oh man, this is really heavy stuff. Courtside Karen, what is she up to? Does anybody know? Uh, It's probably spending old steroid ass money. That's her (laughs) Le, that's what LeBron, you know, that's, that's like, honestly, you couldn't, like she said all this back and forth, but the only real words you can make out, and we had lip lip, lip readers, and I know there was wild investigations and all that stuff, but old steroid ass is the only thing. I didn't know if he was talking about her or the guy, but then I saw the guy and I was like, okay, it must be the guy, but I don't know, she's probably, you know, hopefully not, you're not going to any more Hawks games, because that was just kind of absurd and ridiculous, and I'm, I'm super thankful that Savannah James wasn't there, because uh, as Bron, I, I tweeted out a, a post just in, just in jest, but Bron saw it and he was just like, yeah, if Savannah was there, it would have been a, a situation. And oh, damn. That, that, I mean, yeah, you know, no, nobody's going to let, let somebody disrespect their husband like that, especially when he's out here, you know, really offering a service to the world and, and giving the Hawks buckets and doing his thing in the midst of what should be an MVP and repeat championship season. I, LeBron was like, yeah, I thought it was a father and his daughter. <laughs> Dude, he had like no chill after the game. That's that was like some of the best post game work that LeBron's ever had. I mean, he said that she should they shouldn't have been kicked out, which I thought was interesting. He he was like kind of welcoming the hecklers, you know. Like, I mean, that's a huge flex right there. Like, not only did he win the game, but then he says, "Yeah, y'all shouldn't have been kicked out." But you know, and it was you could just see the look on his face. He was I just. Think- LeBron has really been enjoying the heckling that's been going on, you know, this this time around. He had the situation with the Cavs a couple of games ago where somebody in the front office had something to say to him and he just proceeded to, you know, light into, light into him. But he lives and thrives for that. And I think when, when he was giving it to her, if you watch, like there's players on both sides that were cracking up. And that's when you know as a player you've won when even the opposing team oh, yeah. has to laugh at their own fans because they're just like, oh, this is, this is ridiculous. I'm a fan of fans, but I'm not a fan of hecklers. I think there's a clear cut difference when it comes to that stuff. Like why just sit back and enjoy the game. You got courtside seats, have your drink. I mean, you can boo, you can say whatever you're a bum, but like when you start taking it to that next level, that's when it's like, all right, come on. Like, I hate that. That's that's not a fan of that. The most surprising part for me was the fact that there were courtside 
like fans during like, a pandemic right now. Like I thought we were trying to spread some people out. You know, get away from the players for crying out loud, especially when they're like ripping your mask off to yell at you. Mm-mm-mm. It was a whole mess. And then some, uh, Josiah, real quick, before we uh, wrap this up and say goodbye to you, uh, what's next for you? A little bit of everything. Just, just working on a ton of projects, got a ton of stuff in development on the entertainment side, obviously still dominating social media. Mm-hmm. Got a show out of pocket that I'm doing uh, with wave TV that, that's running on bucket Twitter on social. So uh, just continue to dominate, get my flares out, get these bags and just keep, you know, repping for the culture. You don't miss. No, <laughs> never really. on, on occasion, but not often, not often. <laughs> well, you got to prove that you're human after all. <laughs> Josiah, we really appreciate you being the guest host on this After Hours podcast, special edition, the Super Bowl podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Everyone, New England, enjoy the game. We will see you guys next time.